Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 153 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Second Technician, Fozzer Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this particular episode are Head of Station Entertainment, Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Good evening. Mr. Ben Moss Woodward, Head of Health and Safety. Throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. <laughs> Our head of station archives, Mr. Colin Ford, otherwise known as Phoenix to Fire. Good evening, everybody. And the head bar steward here at Lave Station, the ever so wonderful Mr. Grant Psychocow Wilcott. She can't take any more of this, Captain. No, isn't that the truth? Uh, sorry about the, the. For those people that are following us along on uh, on Twitch, sorry for the slight delay of about half an hour whilst we got our little technical gremlin sorted. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, tonight's show is quite an exciting show. We uh, is going to be the. The first of a three-part series that we're planning on doing around the add-ons and peripherals that uh, are available to you Elite Dangerous pilots. Uh, this particular one we are focusing on websites and add-ons to the game. Um, so we're going to skip the normal formalities of what we normally do and go around and find out what everybody's been up to for this week. And uh, we're going to try and keep to time this particular episode. I know starting 30 minutes later is not the greatest of beginnings, but we're going to try and keep to time because there are such a lot of extra content and extra stuff out there um, that we're going to have to try and rattle through them. So um, let's start off with a little bit of um, development news, uh, starting off with... <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about the third-party sites and websites at, uh, that uh, are available for Elite Dangerous, but we can't really do that without talking a little bit about the news that has surrounded these in the last sort of uh, seven days or so. Um, ben, take us through what's been going on. Okay, thank you, Fozzle, for that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, basically, last weekend we had the Slomi event, which, if you've not listened to it, we all covered on last night's podcast which is now live um and as a protest shall we say about frontiers support for all the third-party apps coinciding with that weekend a bunch of the third-party websites decided to take themselves down basically because they wanted more support from Frontiers. So that included the Captain's Log, the EDCD Coriolis, ED Board, the Elite Dangerous Codex, the EDDB, ED Shipyards, uh, EDSM, and Inara. Now, they all said, we're going down, Frontier aren't talking to us, help, please. And they were basically going to have a strike all over the, the Maybank holiday weekend. Thankfully, Frontier and the developers touched base i think it was on the friday and the the frontier was very quick to respond to the developers and shall we say opened communication with them uh worked out a few things and basically promised that they really do love these guys and they're gonna talk to them they promise governor <laughs> Honestly, guys. Yeah, I think the thing that's difficult about it, though, is that I mean, because you're sort of saying that Frontier wanted more more support from them, and I think it's you mean the developers wanted support from Frontier. The developers of the websites wanted more support from the developers at Frontier. Now, from yeah. some, obviously, you know, I'm not a website developer, so I don't know the ins and outs. But one of the things that one of the developers, one of the website developers, was complaining about was that every time Frontier release a new version of the game 
one of them described it as, you know, it's like you've, they've completely rewritten the third-party API. So all these people that have developed these websites, and of course they're not professional developers, so they're doing it as a hobby in their spare time. And as we'll probably be talking about later, some of these websites are arguably absolutely essential to playing Elite Dangerous. Um <laughs> You know, frontier. You know, if they keep changing, if they keep moving the goalposts, it's creating a lot of work for these website developers. And it's clear from their level of frustration that they have been trying to get Frontier to lock it down for a long time, and Frontier just just haven't responded. I mean, believe you know, believe you me, with with, with escape velocity and stuff, I know very much what it is like to continually write to Frontier about something and get absolutely no response until you have to kind of take it up a level and get a bit shouty. Um, and I think it's a shame that that's, that's had to happen. But I mean, it, it's not just about them saying, you know, we produce these websites, we demand that you give us more support. It's actually that Frontier are changing the game in such a way that it is actually making it extremely difficult for them to maintain these sites and just i don't want to kind of preempt it too much um, but obviously a lot of you know that in advance of this particular episode we put out a poll for our listeners to fill in to let us know which third-party apps and which controllers and which things people use and interestingly enough of, of the responders we had now we don't what i don't have unfortunately for this is i don't have a total number of responders but actually we had 383 people indicating that they use a hot-ass joystick. We had 321 people say they use eddb.io. So actually, eddb is almost as essential to playing Elite Dangerous as a joystick in terms of the number of people using it. Now, what that means is if, if Frontier broke hot-ass support with every release of the game that they did... I don't think joystick users would be happy, and I don't think Frontier would let an update to Elite Dangerous go out the door that had broken joystick support. So why is something that is that is as used as EDDB also having problems? That, that, that's really the point I just want to make. Yeah, and absolutely. And in fairness to um, the F devs, you know they did get out ahead of this very very quickly, and they had a they got together all the the third part third party developers, and from the sounds of it, they they sat down over Skype or whatever it was and had a four hour conversation with these guys about how that they could work better going forward, and you know I'm sure promises were made on on both sides, you know, you know that uh, they wouldn't try and do. I don't want to call it a hijacking maneuver like this again, um, but something quite so um, quite so direct and quite so potentially damaging. And in return, Frontier will also make sure that they keep an open open uh, stream of communication going on with these guys as well. So um, it caused an interesting little bit of backlash from the community. Some people in the community said, "Look, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes." Um, you know, these guys need to be supported. They do a fantastic job, which of course they do. Uh, but other people said, "Well, you know, this was kind of, you know, this was kind of extortion." You know, when if they get their way here, you know, holding Frontier to ransom, you know, when is it going to be enough? Surely they're going to then just sort of demand more and more stuff for the uh, for their particular programs and, and third party apps. Would any of you guys agree with that? Do you think it was extortion? Oh, I'll put my hand up. I've already said that. Um, I had I had a good old rant about that on a, on a top shift. A, uh, a couple of uh, well, I think I've been doing top shifts left, right, and centre. What with the Salome event and and all this happening, yeah, I had a good rant about it because I did feel that um, maybe a warning would have been enough. They didn't actually have to take the sites down. Like a warning mm -hmm. would have been enough, and 
that would probably have taken a lot of the uh, a lot of the anger out of it. A, a lot of people now think that. Um, I mean, I know Ed hasn't said that they've uh, capitulated. Is another word that I've got trouble with, um, but it does it does feel that um, sometimes the the third party sites have a little bit can put frontier over a barrel, and it's okay for resolving a small issue like we want better communication, but what happens when all of a sudden something happens in game that these API developers are not happy with? Will they do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point. I mean, ultimately, you could argue that if Frontier made the game a little bit better signposted or a little bit easier to navigate in some of these things, if they didn't make these third-party apps and websites so necessary, then obviously they they wouldn't have any issues. But I'm sure we'll get onto mm. that as we go through the various um, stuff that we're going to go through on this particular episode. Um, as I say, we're trying to keep to time here, so uh, we'll park that. Obviously, you know... The threat was there. They took their websites down. Frontier, you know, got ahead of it very, very quickly. Uh, the sites came back up to uh, allow the. Well, I say allow. I mean, sure, it would have gone on anyway, but uh, didn't interfere with the uh, Salome uh, community event that was were going on over the weekend. Uh, other things that's been going on in game. The uh, generation ships have been found. Well, a number of them have anyway. Uh, ben, which ones have you gone out and seen? <laughs> I think I've gone to see all of them now. There's now, if I remember correctly, there's been four of them. We were at the Lycanon last Tuesday, uh, so we went off on a wee trip around there with all the commanders who were flying with us last week. And then there was another one whose name I can't remember, which showed up. I think during the during the show, it was discovered. Um, but since then, the Hyperion and the Odysseus have also been found. And they've also surprisingly run into a few little problems, so I won't go into the problems that they've found there due to spoilers, unless we want to mention spoilers. No, I'd give it uh, give it a spoiler tag and give people a chance to turn down the radio for ten seconds. Okay, one, two, three spoilers. So the Hyperion was <laughs> having, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you mentioned spoilers, so that's fine. Give people a chance anyway. to mute it, for heaven's sakes. Well, they've run out of their ten seconds now. Now they have. Now they have. <laughs> so, anyway, if you're listening, we're still talking spoilers, guys. <laughs> the Hyperion was having issues with a wannabe religious kid who decided he was going to go off and space everyone who didn't... Well, basically everybody who was different, and then that just turned into, I'm going to space a lot of yous. Um, which isn't really very cool. And then the Odysseus was a ship that, for the greater good, they decided, why go land on a planet? We've got everything we need right here. We'll stay on this, on this lovely generation ship we've got. And they did that for about five, five generations. But surprisingly enough, they started having problems there too. And bugs got in, gen uh, mutated, and the council there once again decided that extreme measures were needed for the greater good to protect people for the greater good, and which wound up basically killing everybody for the greater good. <laughs> Only for the greater good, of course. Only for the greater good. Speaking about bugs, what's this about a, a fleeing ship in the Maya system? 
Who, who oh, do you want to throw that onto? I see what you did there. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh, Colin, yeah. can you pick up on Would this you one? like to know more? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, well, it does seem that there are distress beacons appearing in the Maya system. Um, when you enter uh, this distress signal, you normally find two or three corvettes, or maybe even four, um, surrounded by green mist. Uh, your thrusters go dead. And in the distance, there is one of the flower ships running away. That's it. Cool. <laughs> and has this been spotted on a number of occasions or just the once? Oh no, it's been a, it's, it's it's not widely reported so far. There's been but there's been about two or three so far, I think. And um, I got a sneaking suspicion that these are probably going to increase. Uh, in addition, we've got breaking news that barnacles are starting to grow in Maya. Ah, interesting. On which particular planet do you know? Uh, not off the top of my breath. Not top not of my head. Not off the top of your breath. <laughs> what have you uh, that, been drinking? That, that was supposed to be head, but got mixed up with bread. And yeah, listen, I'm surviving on one and a half hours sleep due to due to loud neighbours last night. So please bear with me if I start snoring. Yeah, in fairness, it wasn't just Loud Neighbours, was it, Colin? You were up rather late recording a special one-off lay radio broadcast as well last night. Yeah, and boy, did I have hell to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, like, for those people that haven't actually uh, downloaded and listened to it, obviously go and download and, and listen to it, but uh, why don't you bring us up to speed with what we were talking about last night, Colin? Well, if you last can still night, remember it. Oh, well, last night we went over the... Um, the weekend event with uh, Salome, and um, unfortunately, the the fact that Salome d um, died in the uh, event, even though all her allies managed to get through, and of course the controversy that surrounds it. Uh, we had um, one guy from the the uh, was it Paraxum? It was. It was, was. It was. Yeah. Uh, Paraxum from the uh, the he was a pack admiral, and uh, we had Commander. Baroness and Commander, was it Ensign? Nielsen. Nielsen, there we are. Uh, who were both from the children of Raxler, and they went through um, how they felt when the, um, the whole event unfolded. And you've, you've probably seen other articles in the, in the gaming press all covering it as well. But uh, we got a nice message from Drew retweeting, a, retweeting saying that if you want to know what really unfolded, go listen to the Leave Radio broadcast. Which, yes, we'll we'll we'll, tell, we'll we'll blow her on trumpet on that one. I think, <laughs> and we won't talk about it again. No. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. So, as I say, if you haven't managed to download that and uh, uh, listen to it, go and find out um, what went on. It was it was quite interesting. And again, it was the first time we've had one of these really sort of. Uh, massive community events within the Elite Dangerous universe, and yeah, okay, there were some technical glitches. There was some you know, technical glitches that actually potentially uh, go and listen to the show, but potentially actually had the you know, the final say in the uh, the outcome of the actual event. Um, Why are we talking about it again? Move on. People in Twitch chat are snoring. I'm about to. <laughs> 
Okay, cool. I'll tell you what, Chris, why don't you just um, take us over on what the main discussion and say what exactly we are going to be covering for this particular episode. <laughs> Damn you, you know I don't have the show notes up in front of me. Okay. Uh, oh, man. Yes. Okay, newsletter 172. We're not going to go over it too much because a lot of it was to do with the... Uh, Obviously, the event, which we're not talking about, uh, and also the stuff about some generation ships, which we've also already talked about. Um, there are a couple of nice ship skins in there, though. Sin skins for a couple of the ships. Anybody likey? Federal bias. Federal bias. Okay, why do you think it's federal bias, Ben? Because the Corvette got a ship skin, whereas the Cutter didn't. Now the cutter doesn't need one. It's fine being white. The, 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 the cutter's pretty <laughs> enough as it is. Exactly. <laughs> well. Uh, so, yeah, we've got... Uh, with the, okay, I wanted to give a little bit of pre preface to the talking about the add-on websites. So we did talk a while ago. We, we get a number of uh, inquiries at the show. People ask us... People have been asking us for a long time to do a late radio show about all the different peripherals and add-ons and different things that you can use for uh, Elite Dangerous. And uh, we kind of, we, we put out a, um, a straw poll to get people to let us know what sorts of things are using. And it quickly became apparent that there are so many more things for Elite Dangerous you can use that we can actually cover in one, one edition of Late Radio. So I want to preface this slightly by just reiterating what Fozzer said earlier. We're doing this over three parts. Um, and originally we were going to talk about physical peripherals this week and talk about the add-on websites next week. But actually, because we've had this issue with the third-party websites going on strike, we actually thought it was really good timing to kind of talk about those websites this week and give people an idea. And we're kind of a little bit torn because actually, as I mentioned previously, based on our straw poll, um, we sort of know that loads of people use some of these websites so we kind of don't know whether to really go into detail on the ones that everybody uses on the basis that everybody knows them or whether people who listen to the show that maybe don't know them about at all would would kind of appreciate the detail so with that in mind we are starting with oh we're not starting with what I thought we were um let's start with something a little bit close to home although I'm hoping Grant is still on the call, the Trucker Tracker. This is the Hutton Orbital, Hutton Orbital Radio's own uh, third-party app. Grant, yeah. can you tell us about the Trucker Tracker? Yes, no, it, it, it was quite straightforward. Um, I can't hear you, Grant. You can't hear me. <laughs> um, can you I can hear me again? Yeah, that's all right then. I so, we hear you, fine. Uh, let's see, how can I that one? Okay. Right, so... <laughs> It started as a way to kind of collect data together and basically um, let truckers see who's around, where they are, what they're up to, and try and join in. But also with the ability to collect the data on how much you traded, what missions you ran, mission types, what system you were in when you did that, and then look at the influence change in the system to try and calculate best ways to interact with the background simulation and um, it's been quite good so far we need to do some updates uh, urgently to try and capture the system states um, so that we can better do that in a, a slightly more organized way than having some poor sod fly around all the systems and write them down and then calculate on that so 
there's lots of updates to come, but it's a wonderful thing because you log on, you're doing missions, so you tell it you're doing missions. And then you can be private or you can publicize what you're doing with the rest of the trucker, tracker users. And they can then see, oh, Psycho Cow's in, he's just jumped to that system. Oh, he's running bounties. And then they can send a wee in-message game, do you fancy winging up? And then they can set their tracker. And so it's just a sort of nice social aid rather than a particularly helpful tool to pilots. I confess I've not used it. Is it a website thing or is it a phone app? Well, it's a PC app. So you just install it on your desktop, run it, then you launch Elite, and then it does asks for your log file, scrapes the data from there, and then updates itself as it goes. Cool. Sounds pretty good. But it is, it's basically just a social side of things, so it's more useful to the administration of the different parts of our spy team and the, the political side so they can say exactly what's happening when people drop 10 million piles of data and obviously future use when we're running competitions it can collect entry information and proof that a pilot has done something to avoid them from doing anything yeah that's Simon in the background um, he's, he's currently dealing with some boxes I think or he's still trying to find the cables that we've lost um, but it allows us to then verify what truckers are doing and log it. So that's quite handy. Nice. Sounds pretty good. I do. I, I, I feel really bad. I keep meaning to try it and I keep forgetting. In the same way that every Tuesday night, I think I'm going to install the ED profiler. And I still haven't. But <laughs> we'll come on to that one. We'll come on to that one later. Um, okay, where can, where can people get the Tracker Tracker from? Yeah, it's not available at the current minute because they're doing some updates. So we've got some <laughs> urgent updates. It was just, yeah, yeah, Frontier didn't give us any notice, so we took it offline. We thought, stuff there. So um, <laughs> it's offline because of obviously the recent update has meant there's a lot more work needs to be doing on it as well. So hopefully have it back very, very soon. And it's just a case of going to the trucker's Facebook page and the information will be there where you can go and get it. It's just a download the latest version and boom, you're up. So this is obviously very topical. We've got people in Twitch chat asking, can the Trucker Tracker be used by gankers? Yes. <laughs> are, we just, are we just relying on the Hutton Truckers generally being a nicer player group? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, if you're doing something, then you know, it's, again, you've got to be part of the, the trucker's private group, so the chances of gankers using it in open is not going to be much use. So if they infiltrate to that level, then it's not really much of a worry, and we can block them through the app as well, so it's no big issue. It's one of these things, you have to react to them, you can't pre-act, pro-act, 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 pro-act. Pro-act. <laughs> <laughs> Who's um who's behind the design and upkeep and all of that? Right, well that is of course Mike Snowswell's been working on it for a, a long while, so he brought it from from nothing to birth, <laughs> and is currently working on some reports and layouts and bar charts and all kinds of stuff. So it should be quite interesting to see where it goes next. But we are anxiously waiting the next update. Cool, and you said this one relies on the uploading of your, your log files, which having played around with a few of these API um, apps, is it's really quite straightforward to do, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, as long as you know where your installation folder is, once you find your log files, then it's as simple as pointing at it, and then it just constantly monitors that file and uh, gets all the data from there as it happens live. Great stuff, cool. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is the ED Discovery. Now, I know, Ben, you've been uh, messing about with this one, but this one has been created by Commander, oh, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Finwen. Um, apologies if that is not how you pronounce it. Uh, F-I-N-W-E-N. -E it's basically it's a third-party tool that you can track your Elite Dangerous travels, combat, trading ranks, etc. Um, ben, how have you been getting on with it? Oh. Tell you what, Fozzer, why don't you read my show notes and you can tell us about EDMC as well. <laughs> I'll do that next. <laughs> okay, excellent. <laughs> yeah, I read, wrote those notes for me. Because <laughs> yes, the, ED the EDD is a third-party tool that can track your stuff. But hang on, we've got deja vu here. <laughs> I've, yes, no, being, being serious now, I did actually... I started using the ED discovery for my trip out to... Colonia and back actually, and mainly because I wanted to see the space madness gradually count down. So using the tool, it allowed me to basically say where I was, say where I wanted to go to. In this case, Colonia, and then I had a wee overlay window that showed me, okay, congratulations, you now have got twenty-one and a half thousand light years to jump to Colonia. Now you've got 21,000 light years to Colonia. And, it, you know, just that little countdown did help. I was like, yes, okay, I really am getting there. Very, very slowly, but I'm getting there. And a wee bit faster than Colin is getting there. <laughs> uh, but it's nice because it, it allows you to go off and share your location. So, you know, it's uploading all of its data off to EDSM, which we'll be covering later. And then that data on ED Star Map can then be shared out with anyone who you give your URL to. Um, I just did that Red 13. Uh, you, so it goes off and shares all your data with EDSM, and you can share that with your friends or your enemies, and they can track your location in-game. Oh, should we and should we say, can this be used for ganking after everything? <laughs> Hell yes, of course it can. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm... Yeah, I am very knowingly sharing my location with a third-party site and application. So, you know, anyone who, anyone who is looking at me and monitoring me and watching where Commander Ben is going can see exactly where Commander Ben is going. Okay. I mean, we're laughing about it, but surely for the explorers where if you are that far away from the bubble um, and yeah. obviously you're, you're, you're wearing down your, your hull and everything else... Um, isn't it a bit of a concern, the ability for somebody else to know exactly whereabouts outside the bubble you are? Well, you, you can basically set your profile to be a private profile. So you, you have to allow people to see what you're doing. And if you <laughs> want to be secret, then you can hide it. Or just okay. don't look at it. I can feel my usual song coming on. So low, so low, so low, oh, no, so no, no. low. If you're going to be singing about solo, it has to be the Han Solo song from <laughs> the oh the the dance thing, the what was it? Oh, on the Xbox. Oh uh, no, uh, no. Yeah, the the thing that Sandra was. Sandro's travesty. Yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> we'll not mention that though. Now, I managed to make it through the entire broadcast yesterday, Chris, without mentioning your name, even though the whole event and the whole it being spoilt for everybody and, you know, how 
uh, you know, playing with real people sometimes isn't the best way to go. I, I, I was thinking about you for the whole thing and just Jarvis and Solo <laughs> was going through my head for the entire broadcast. You were there, the little yep. little Jarvis on my right shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you play with people. <laughs> yes, I know, it's like when, when you come out from under your rock, all there is is pain and disappointment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, dear. <laughs> um... Next one is the Elite Dangerous Market Connector. Uh, ben, I'm not going to read your show notes. I'm going to let you read your show notes. Tell us about this one. <laughs> That's far too kind of you. So, yeah, the EDMC is written by Marginal, and it's an application that allows you to basically make a note. It logs where you are in the game. It logs your system. It logs the station you're at. And probably more importantly, it logs the commodities, and I think it also does the outfitting and everything else as well. And it'll, again, share that data with everyone else or anyone else who wants to get it. For example, uh, EDDB, the elite trading tool. I think it goes out to Coriolis.io and all those other kind of places. But one of the things that you've got to be careful of with this app, if you care about these things, is in order to get all this data, it's having to use the, the original elite companion app uh, that was written for iOS. It had a top-secret private API that was broken within a day, <laughs> um, and is, and that that app's now discontinued. But Frontier are still publishing the data using that API, and this app, along with several other apps, hooks into this very unofficial data to record what the station's selling prices at and so on. Um, and to do that, though, you need to log into it using your Elite Dangerous credentials. And it does obviously store that data. Um, I believe it's in your registry that it stores that. So there is some concern that you know, if your PC is so badly compromised that an app can see your registry data, then they could potentially get your Elite Dangerous details as well. So that's, you know, that's caveat emptor, shall we say, on that. Okay, so both of these that we've been mentioned are, well, in, including the, the truckers, are the uh, external API apps. Uh, obviously, crikey, I'm trying to remember when it was that um, that Frontier actually brought this one out. There was an official uh, iOS app, as you say, is now being discontinued. Um, I downloaded it. This I downloaded was, this it for was the... Launch. And it was It was launched at the same time as the launch party. It was one it was of the, the surprise uh, announcements at the launch party. And I think I used the, that thing for a good... Ooh. Actually, I, I think I've still got it on my iPad. I haven't wiped it off yet. <laughs> no, it, it, it looked promising. You know, I, I downloaded it, it for the iPad and it had a lot of, uh, a lot of promise behind it. But uh, I think, obviously, they're trying to get the, the game out. It was one of the releases and yeah, it sort of just fell by the wayside. Um, would we like to see... I mean, maybe this is a conversation for after we've gone through all the different apps and stuff. Um, but would we like Frontier to actually throw their weight behind uh, an official companion app, or are we happy with the stuff that's out there at the moment? I think they do for Android as well as iOS. That no, would be a start. There, there is one for I, uh, Android at the moment. Yeah. No, no, they should not be throwing their weight behind it. Throw the weight behind doing a good API that supports the data that we need. Okay. Cool. Well, I say we'll pick up on that uh, after we've gone through all the the multitude of other things that are out there. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the. You know, we talked about the API. Let's talk a bit about the configuration, uh, the configurable websites. 
um, starting off with uh, certainly the one that I spend a lot of time in, which is the Coriolis.io. So if you type in Coriolis.io into a web search, it brings up this particular site. Now, Colin, I think you've also spent a lot of time on this one. Talk us through it. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, the Coriolis.io, or uh, in this case, it's been updated lately to Coriolis edcd.io that lists every single ship and it will allow you to experiment with different builds of ships and give you a kind of uh, idea of how much it's going to cost um, to create this particular build what kind of performance you're going to get and more importantly how much the rebuy is going to be great stuff and yeah this is very I mean, it's sim- become essentially the sorry it's, it's become essentially the standard across the elite dangerous community for building and comparing ship builds i mean some of the other websites we're going to talk about later plug into coriolis it's become like kind of ubiquitous across you know the game and again going back to our straw poll it's pretty clear i mean if we assume that our straw poll is a a, a representative cross-section of the community, pretty much everybody uses it. I mean, I'd say I was trying to work out the other day how many um, how many responders we'd probably have, but I would say probably about two thirds of the people who responded to the straw poll indicated that they use Coriolis.io. So it isn't, you know, it's not to be sniffed at. This is this is essential information that gamers are using and want to want to use and need, um, and it, and it seems to be the only way of kind of realistically kind of playing around with ship builds other than just kind of in-game changing a component and just seeing what happens yeah definitely and it's uh, you have to say the the polish on this website is in fact all the websites is superb it really does look like a really slick uh, interface that they've managed to get around this stuff it's really user-friendly and as i say a damn sight easier than actually trying to do this stuff in-game um, it's similar to a, uh, a thing which I used a lot when I used to play EVE Online, which was the EVE, the Eve Shipyard, where, you, again, you could build your own ships um, and then tweak them as you go about. The only thing that, I mean, maybe this is something where my research has let me down, maybe there is a way of doing this, but the only thing that that EVE um, Shipbuilder uh, app had that Coriolis doesn't and maybe lets itself down for is um, the ability to, to rate other people's uh, loadouts and have um, some sort of forum or some sort of community um, discussion points around people's builds because I'm I'm very, very lazy. I'm very, very time poor. And one of the things <laughs> that um, I used to do with Eve was I'd put in you know, a scouting ship and put whatever ship I was trying to make into a scout. And the highest rating one was top of the tree. So you click on that, see how that was loaded out, and then basically grind your way to have enough money or enough experience to be able to actually build that ship. And there was a great satisfaction of being able to build the number one scouting ship as wrote, as as rated by the community, uh, and then go off and fly it. Um, it would be nice if um, if we could have something similar built into the Coriolis. Well, there is actually the um, the uh, ships of elite sub forum on the elite forums yourself itself. I mean, surely if you want to you have your thing rated there, you basically put in a link to your um, to your a ship and ask people for their feedback no you see no 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 no. you've got it all backwards i don't want to ask people <laughs> feedback on my ship i know what people's feedback would be on my loadouts 
if you've ever seen any of my loadouts, it's quite clear that they're all crap. Um, what I want is someone much better and much more experienced than me to put up the best loadout. And everybody says, yes, we agree. This is the best loadout for doing exploring missions in an anaconda. Um, then I will try and uh, get enough money up to, to buy that particular you know, community-ranked ship. Well, I think so, you'll enjoy one of the websites I'm going to talk about a bit later, Foz. So effectively, I think you appreciate it. So effectively, Foz, all you're saying is you're too lazy to min-max. Yes, I am far, far, far too lazy to min-max. That's quite right, Colin. I would much rather have a website to do it for me. No, it's, it's, you know, it's absolutely true. You, you do, if you're... You know, if you're the kind of person that just thinks like, right, I really want to get into kind of like a, you know, I want to I want to try the mining side of the game now. What that means you want to go and do is go and try the mining. You don't want to be spending, you know, months and weeks and gradually tinkering with a ship until you realise what it is you actually need. Because, you know, the mining's the mining's grindy enough without having to uh, <laughs> spend ages. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, yeah, no, there is a I, website I, I'm going to talk about a bit later that has recommended ship builds uh, and plugs into Coriolis. Excellent. No, I'm, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you at all on that. Yes, you are. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> moving on then. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Uh, Grant, I know you're currently playing CQC on the Xbox, but just die for a second so you can come and tell us a little bit about the eddb.io website. <laughs> <coughs> yes. And I'll take over CQC. Well, if you can work out the controls, I can't. To the shooter, which I play. <coughs> there must be a top shift for this. For the, the <laughs> Well, no, not. I don't think there's ever a top shift that could help you in CQC. <laughs> it's on the Xbox. I'm just looking for the controls. Just watch the number of kills. No, sorry about that. No, it's right. It's it's an interesting little uh, website. Again, it's one of these fantastic places to to log data, uh, mostly market data. The EDD, if I remember rightly, I'll try to think. It's a while since I last used it as well. I stopped using these uh, third-party apps a while back. Not. Isn't hang on, hang on. Just yeah. just in case you're making a mistake, isn't EDDB the one that allows you to kind of search for commodities around the galaxy yeah. and find what you're actually looking for. But it's it's got more of an integration to Elite. So uh, does with, it? The, with the Elite market connector and stuff like that, all connects. So whereas some of the original um, third-party sites for commodities would have you dock and then have to type in the data for the market and stuff and scroll down, or there was then there was the screenshot method which was quite successful and then finally the API came out and we started to get these connectors where you dock, you press F1 and it uploads the market information straight to EDDBIO where if you're taking on a mission to find something and you don't have a clue where to even start looking you can go there, search for a commodity or you can ask it for a trade route for where you are give it a rough idea of what you'd like to make where you're starting, how far you're willing to travel, and it does all those kind of calculations for you. Um, there was a nice part of it as well where you could look at a station and see what commodities it is interested in and get information on that there as well. So it's quite an all-rounder. Yeah, I know, certainly when yeah, I started to build up... The, um, sorry, Chris, the, the I was going to... Okay. No, sorry, go on, the thing's dropping in and out for me slightly. No, sorry, the connection's dropping in and out, so I couldn't totally hear what you were saying. 
Um, I was just going to say the thing that, that I use EDDB for mostly is what Grant was saying about you take on a mission that just says like, oh, you need to go and get like, I, one of the first missions I picked up was to go and get landmines. And I was like, where'd you get landmines? And to be honest, if it hadn't been for EDDP, I would not have known where in the game landmines could be got from. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is essential signposting information. And well, it, sorry, I was going to say, leave, uh, yeah, leave the topic of signposting to the end because you know, a lot of these, you do have to ask the question, is it possible, is it painful uh, to try and do these things without these websites? And certainly what you're talking about there in terms of finding landmines um, or uh, what I used EDB when I first started was literally just finding uh, short little trade routes. Uh, in the vicinity, just finding a two-hop trade route. Uh, it was a fantastic resource for doing that if you wanted to just sort of trade your way out of poverty at the beginning. Um, really, really nicely done. Yeah, it's good. So I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to talk and also figure out the control system on the Xbox. Um, uh. It's really not straightforward, <laughs> is it? It's, it's, it's easy. You're just making it look difficult. I am making it look very difficult. You're quite right. Uh, <laughs> apologies to all of our yeah. Xbox community members who are wondering what the heck we're doing demonstrating this poor poor display of CQC on the Xbox <laughs> as someone just turns round and round in a circle and fires occasion I'm going to give that back to you Grant uh, let's move back onto the show um, right what was, what was uh, next? I, don't know. I think that's a good example of how not to play CQC yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah, it is at least instructive from that point of view yeah, I think yeah, what we needed there was yeah, the the problem with my ship there it wasn't engineered. You know, if it had been an engineered ship in CQC, then we would have been sorted. And of course, the best place to go for engineering information is uh, where, Colin? Oh, Inara. <laughs> so this uh, is in Inara. I N A R A dot C Z. Yes, that's that's the one. It it does a lot more than just giving you. Um, just engineering data. It, it's kind of an all uh, one in, all stop shop, really. Uh, you can handle fleet management there. You can track your um, you can track your progress there. The I think the the main issue with this one is that you've got to keep your things up to date manually. Yeah. And I do I, I do believe that they're um, they're a little bit behind the curve at the moment with some of their engineer stuff. Uh, but it's a very well laid out site. It's got very good community uh, tools, uh, especially stuff like looking for wings. And there's even a commander's log here to help with role playing and things like that. So it's it's a, overall a very good all rounder. I think it, it just suffers a little bit from um, being kept up to date. I don't know whether or not they're they're integrating uh, the API that all of the others do. Yeah. I mean, certainly uh, when I dabbled with uh, engineers about uh, two months ago, uh, Inara for me was just uh, invaluable. It really was. It, oh, yes. it made engineers, which to me, considering I've been following the game, which was quite a confusing subject uh, in terms mm -hmm. of what you needed and where they were and everything else. Um, it made quite a confusing subject a lot more straightforward. Um, yes. And I, I don't think I would have continued doing engineers had I not had the Inara website to actually uh, keep referring to. It was that, yeah, it was that difficult in game or that unclear in game. Whereas Inara actually took all that information and put it in a in a way that made sense. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the main issue that I, well, I don't ha- I don't have any issue with Nara at all, to be honest. I think it's it's such a professionally uh, well done and well laid out site. It's just a, a little bit of a shame that unfortunately it's it does seem to be a little bit behind the curve with the updates. And there's a lot of updates to do. The, the guy, the developers in question, um, have put updates up there, please, begging for time to say, "Come on, give us time to update this. Don't, don't rag on us." <laughs> yeah, nobody's paying us for this, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a tool that you're getting for free. Please. Exactly. Back off, <laughs> Jarvis. Do you have something to add on that? Yeah, I just want to weigh in as well. I mean, Inara is just a really nice looking website like if you want like one of the things i like about the these different add-on websites is this like you say this commander's log ability if you want to kind of get into role playing a bit or even if you just want like a kind of post session diary where you can kind of write in the stuff you did or things you found or just make like a personal kind of commander's log for yourself it has all that but the other thing that it does is it you know it allows you to keep track of your your current fleet of ships so you can you can you know you can create your own little collection of ships in the game and it's worth bearing in mind that a long time before elite dangerous gave us the ability to name our ships inara gave you the ability to assign each ship a ship name so that feature was already has already been there for you know for months and months and months so actually for a long time it was um a lot, a lot are the only way that you could do a lot of these things and yeah it gives you a kind of uh, nice little summary of your commander like a little sort of dashboard thing that displays you like an image that you choose and and you also when you have your uh, your fleet of ships you can upload your own photo of each of your own ships so it's kind of this, this makes it I, I, don't, I really don't want this to sound negative but I think Inara is a really nice vanity website <laughs> for you to kind of keep track of your stuff but like in a good way, do you know what I mean? Like if you want to, like some of the other websites, you say which ships you've got, and it kind of gives you like a stock image of that ship. Whereas Inara allows you to upload your own photos, and I think that's quite a nice touch, given that everyone's kind of into their ship fleet and things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just one, oh, go, go on. on, Colin, go on. Yeah, one thing that I do have to point out is that Inara is completely compatible with um, the Coriolis. Uh, website so you can export your ship from the Coriolis website and paste it into here and it, it will have everything you need that, that it will basically transfer the build and just on, on that front you know that sounds like the sort of thing where you could put a lot of effort and a lot of you know time and attention in dragging your own sort of uh, snapshots in and writing your own commander's log is this the sort of thing that you'd want to see eventually in game i mean eve online had a um had a little notepad that you could write all of your you know your diary entries and stuff just actually into the game and it was accessible in game or are you happy coming out and and having it on this sort of uh, purpose-built website Uh, personally um, i think i'm happy with it being separate Uh, sorry go ahead con no 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 uh, I, one of the things I quite obviously you know because I because I write Escape Velocity and I, I kind of share a lot of Elite Dangerous Fiction one of the things I like about websites like this is when you can now I'm not aware if you can do it with an R or not but the, one of the others you can but you can if other people can see your logs for me that kind of 
being able to share logs and see what other people are doing and have other people read what I'm doing is an essential part of it. The only thing that I think would be a shame about having this log in game is if nobody else can ever see it. Because currently Elite Dangerous, I mean, they've, they've sort of improved it a little bit with things like the, um, the Hollow Me, being able to see pilots, folk, their avatars in yeah. your sort of chat thing. And I, but I think Elite's going to need a whole new layer of social interaction to make them as effective at sharing stories and commander information as these external websites are. Uh, just, there just currently isn't even a thing for it. And I don't really know how you do it or if you really want it. I mean, essentially, you'd need like a panel on your ship, which is like your space Facebook feed. <laughs> Spacebook. Spacebook, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, so in terms of the functionality, yes, I think it'd be great if it was just right there. But I think practically in terms of sharing that information and kind of it being a community social thing, not sure in-game is necessarily the best place for it. Okay, cool. Um, totally agree. Let's move on to the next one, Grant. This is the edsm.net. Yeah. Ooh, I'll unmute <clears throat> yep, the edsm, which is the Elite Dangerous Star Map. It's another one of these tools that I've used in the past, mostly when I was heading out to Colonia, actually, for the first time, because it was a nice way of tracking where you've been, kind of like a, a sort of wonderful 3D map version of uh, the universe and the roots. You can see these beautiful straight lines out and you can see the bit where the straight line stops and that's when I died. And then you can see the next straight line just a little <laughs> bit to the right and then that's when I died. And then they can see the one where I went out so far and then turned around and came back. It's kind of like a gigantic space etch-a-sketch. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone's anyone, I'm pretty sure someone could have driven drawing something rude, um, but not me. It's yeah, it's, it's a, just a really amazing way of, of sort of getting information on routes. I think they've even got sort of star plotted routes that you can follow to get places. Um, check other commanders logs as well, which is nice. You can show where you are immediately to other commanders through your profile so that they can come and find you. So a lot of really handy little things, but it's nice to see how many light years you've travelled, how many systems you've visited, all stored on that one little website. Hey Ben, you're a big fan as well. I am, as I was saying when I was talking to her about EDD, then I was logging all my stuff to EDSM and sharing it out and we can help, where am I? I'm, I'm even using it just now, so I'll shove, I'll shove, you know, surprisingly enough, everyone on Twitch, you can now see that I'm at Lave. And I know that's an, that's an amazing surprise to everybody, but you know. Yeah, crazy. Who'd have thunk us, eh? <laughs> oh, is it hot and orbital in the Xbox? No, it's one of those things. That it's, it's, it's grown and grown in its functionality. So, you know, being able to follow other suggested expeditions um, and routes based that you might want to follow with wonderful points of interest along your route. So, you know, if you're going about to Colonia, stop here. There's a great nebula. Aim for that one first. Then when you get there, aim for this one. And just really helpful and informative ways of, of not getting stuck without fuel halfway there. 
<laughs> Speaking as someone that Useful. has in the past run out of fuel, um, how easy is it to see these um, these sort of community shared uh, routes out to Colonia and things? Has it got things like the uh, the Nebula route on and stuff like that? Do you mean the Neutron Superhighway? That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're getting lost, Fozzie. <laughs> I can't find any nebula that speeds me up. Yeah. Just slow me down. Well, I mean, if you, if you look at the website, obviously edsn.net, you can see that they've got an expeditions tab which you don't have to be registered to see. So you can have a look and see of all the different expeditions that are currently going on. Uh, the distances that have been travelled, so 70,000 light years and this one 32 for the Pioneer and Explorer Die Expedition. Not sure what that is. The Great Remlock Expedition. <laughs> so there's tons of them list and listed there. Um, click on it and get the information and how to be involved and who's on it. Oh, waypoints 24, arrival system, Erevate. And there's 18 people going, five people have abandoned it, and 10 have succeeded. So you can then go and follow the routes that they took. And so is it a, a jump by jump, or is it sort of put in this destination, which is 30 light years, then put in this destination, which is 40 light years? Yeah, it's more of that. It's more along the lines of giving you waypoints so that you don't have to have a particular jump range to take part. Um, the bit I love about it is the 3D maps. The 3D maps are spectacular. So you can see these wonderful silverly stringy lines going out and then when you twist them over you can see how you thought you were in a straight line but actually you went up and down <laughs> Like a roller coaster. So they're really really cool. Um, it is just a stunning sight. An absolute massive kudos to whoever came up with it and has developed it because it's, it's amazing. Even when you can't flip and pick a route when the plot, you know, when the elite dangerous route plotter wouldn't work. Yeah. They're still did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must admit, when I first started looking at uh, Colonia, again, I must have missed the memo that said you weren't just going to be able to put Colonia in as your destination and then, hey presto, it was going to pop up. Um, I thought that was going to be the case and then to have to sort of go 100 light year intervals and, and map it out that way just seemed like such a ball ache so fantastic that there's these sort of websites available for those people that want to again be lazy like me I, I'm just a very lazy Elite Dangerous player I'm beginning to think um, <laughs> right so let's uh, efficient is the word you're looking for efficient yes time poor we'll just go with time poor not lazy just time poor um, okay what about the um EliteTradingTool.co.uk. What uh, I used to remember it being called as uh, Threads, wasn't it? No. 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 Yes. No, no it wasn't. Yes, it was. No. Yes. <laughs> EliteTradingTool.co.uk is Threads. Was just, Threads? I, was I threads. just thought Threads was just a, a very basic thing yes and Thruds evolved Thruds into the elite trading tool okay I didn't know it was the same thing yeah it's know. the same guy oh, well done him you got you got good <laughs> 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 yeah no Thruds was one of was one of the first as Grant has just noticed and I remember back in I want to say even the beta I think it was that Thruds was around and I remember typing in 
the data knowing it was going to get replaced with the next uh, wipe of the system and everything like that. That was always that was good fun. In beta, though, wasn't it just where we were supposed to be taking fish? It was only fish no, in beta. No, God, no. No, no, I mean in beta beta. Like the real beta, not... Um, not in alpha. Oh, or, or in alpha, in fact. Um, you know, we had like back, five we systems had, in alpha, we, and they only sold fish. No, so. no when, we, when we had the pill. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Um, then these things started to take off as the guy realised, yeah, this could be kind of handy. And yeah, I remember sitting there for half an hour typing in every single blooming commodity, <laughs> you know, tabbing down next, 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 and you know the guy made it as efficient as possibly could be to enter fifty odd bloody commodities by hand, but you're still entering fifty commodities by hand. <laughs> so thank God for these tools that we now have because. Uh, I did They've come a long thing. way. Yeah. They have definitely come a long way. Um, okay, so another exciting one is the ED board. Um, uh, <laughs> Jarvis, <laughs> take us through the ED board. I've got, I've got, I've got quite in love with the ED board. I have to say, I, um, I'd not heard of it before we started doing the show, and I'm now kind of a little bit addicted to it. Um, it's basically, I mean, it's not dissimilar to something like Inara. Um, the difference being that where something like Inara requires you to kind of keep your your various things up to date manually, uh, the ED board basically allows you to bulk upload your log files from Illy Dangerous. So it is still a little bit manual. I don't think it, you know, it doesn't plug into your game account and it's not an app that runs on your computer, so it can't do it automatically. But basically, if you just drag your log files into your profile on ED board, it actually updates everything for you. Because I initially went to it thinking, oh, this is another website that I'm going to go and have to type in all my stuff. But no, it just, you know, it just pre-populated everything. Um, and I was really, really chuffed with it. Um, so this is ed-board.net. Um, some of the things that discovered you could do, I mean, like I say, functionality is quite similar to something like Inara in terms of tracking your 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 elite rankings and your relationships with the, the major the major and minor factions. It's got a few little things that I've not seen anywhere else. It also um, connects to Coriolis and ED Shipyard. And one of the things you were asking for, Foz, is if you basically go to the, the the ship builds section of ED board and you click on mining ship, it takes you to Coriolis with a pre-built ship that is ideal for mining. Or if you click on the bounty hunter ship, it takes you to Coriolis with a pre-built bounty hunter ship. So those things you were asking for, I know they're not kind of, you know, community rated and necessarily recommended, but I think they are. They do look like pretty solid-looking build designs, and I think obviously, if if those designs weren't as efficient as they could be, they could obviously replace those, you know, on the website as as they get better better information. Um, but that so it, connect, it connects to Coriolis and ED shipyards. It also they also have a sister site called the uh, Elite Galactic Wiki, which is a list of real galaxy places that you can visit in Elite Dangerous. So things like Crab Nebula, stuff like that. And what you can do on the that wiki is you can 
wish list the places that you want to visit and the game keeps track of which ones you've bookmarked that you want to kind of go and look at what else does it have from our point of view it has a built-in radio player uh we're on it which is nice um it's also got a 3d map of systems you've explored but i suspect that what that does i think that actually plugs into the one the other one um the edsm i think it connects to it i can't totally remember i'm just trying to log in now um and other other cool little features it does um it will because it knows where you currently are if you're interested in mining it shows you the distance from your current location to the nearest pristine metal ring which is a fun little feature it keeps track of all your system permits it also has a manual log and diary like some of the other sites the only thing i don't like about it um is that you can't backdate log entries because of course having just uploaded to it my last six months worth of player logs i really wanted to go back and add some historical logs to certain things that appeared like in my you know because it, it shows you which systems you've been to and i wanted to write down what i'd done in those systems because i remembered but i, I can't, couldn't seem to have done that um, you can also put in uh, it's really just for people that are grinding towards buying a ship you can calculate your credits earned per hour and you can you there's a little calculator where you can estimate how many play hours it's going to take you to get into like a cutter or something like that it, it's a little bit arbitrary but it's just a quite fun little thing uh it has its own set of achievements if you're the sort of person that likes achievements i like achievements <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say um, surely that should be one of the ones that should be at the top of your list jarvis as you are a complete achievements whore the fact that it has its own sort of made up achievements i thought was quite cool yeah it kind of is uh, <laughs> except they're really they're really hard achievements it's things like i don't know i can't remember what was in it um because i've got to i've got to log in before i can remember i'm sure it was something like achieve five million in bounties or something in a, in a single day or something like that let's have a look let me see if i can find it um because yeah it was it was something like that let's let's have a look we've got um well obviously you've got the elite ranks uh, 100 missions collected that's fine 1000 combat bounties that's fine two and a half thousand light years in one day Ooh, ow. That's, that's not that's not unreasonable in an asp with a little bit of jumponium and or neutrals and stars <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's. I suppose that's uh, that. That's achievable. You just got to remember, I'm doing a, that yeah. well, jump and a sidewinder. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> there's the other achievements include travel 100,000 light years and hand in 10 million credits of exploration data. Oh, so you've done that. Yeah, there's there's also some slightly negative achievements. There's died 10 times. Uh, it, it says it says what, that I'm twenty percent of the way or? there. Yeah, no, it says that I'm twenty percent of the way there. But I should say that uh, my logs only go back to Frontier introducing the log system, which was in November. So I've only, I've died twice since November. So there you go. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it just it's a really nice website. You you get a little summarised pilot's license, which is quite a fun little thing that you can snapshot and kind of show off. Um, I just really like it. It just feels very complete and that it has, regardless of kind of what role you want to do, it, it kind of has something for everything. Um, yeah. So I was going to say, I also had a bit of a, a play around with this one and it wasn't so great for me, unfortunately, when I uploaded my log reports because it also has uh, some information on your <laughs> PVP kill ratio. 
Which oh, I mean, dear. Get, don't get me wrong, I am not the world's best PvP player, uh, and I'm certainly not the world's best Elite Dangerous PvP player, but what these uploading of vlogs <laughs> may have uh, pointed out to me is I might actually be the world's worst Elite Dangerous PvP player, <laughs> as I have got one kill, I repeat, one PvP kill in the entire time that I've been playing Elite Dangerous. And I remember it well because it was actually it was an accidental kill that we did on a live episode of Lay Radio with a commander Ashley Wilkinson, and I wasn't supposed to be shooting at him, and he was in something stupid <laughs> like a uh, a tiny sidewinder, and I was in an anaconda and, and pressed the wrong button and blew him away. Um, he then came back into Ferdinand's and kicked my ass. So uh, he was one of um, thirty deaths that I have suffered at the hands of PvP to my one poultry <laughs> accidental kill. So. Yeah, the ED board did show did that to me. Lie. Yeah, no, I wish they did. Uh, <laughs> was my uh, was what I came away with from uh, ED board. Um, but yeah, it's the first time as well. ED board was the first time I'd actually seen the um, the the 3D star map of of everywhere you visited. And uh, again, that sort of showed to me that uh, I'm not much of an explorer. I haven't been anywhere really outside the bubble whatsoever. Uh, it was quite pathetic. So uh, it uh, it certainly showed me my shortcomings. Did ED board. Thank you, ED board. I'm much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, certainly check it out, guys. It is en.ed-board.net. Uh, uh, and yeah, really, again, really nicely laid out. Really, really good interface on that one. Um, ED Toolbox. Who's been messing around with the ED Toolbox? I have no... Uh, I have no uh, guidance. I, I think we have to make a slight confession here. I don't think anybody wanted to try this one. Um, I have to say, it looks really nice. It's basically a, a companion app and a little website, that, well, a little app that keeps track of um, your progress and stuff. And it has a voice companion that's a bit like Eddie. It uses kind of a text-to-speech conversion uh, and it, it comes up with random quotes from famous people periodically. It's quite, I've watched some YouTube videos on it. It looks nice. The only reason that we haven't tried it is because it runs as a website, but it runs as a website on your local PC. So to get it working, you basically have to install a web server on your local computer and then run it locally. And I don't think any of us, so <laughs> one of these things that I'm kind of putting it out there for lay radio listeners to maybe go and try it if you want to. None of us were very comfortable with like <laughs> installing Apache on our local computers <gasps> just for the sake of using an Elite Dangerous tool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I sort of feel like that's um, probably a bit much of a requirement given that there are kind of other things that do stuff. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think it looks really nice. It looks like loads of work has gone into it. Certainly the videos of it, the little virtual speaking assistant sounds really good. Uh, it's just maybe, yeah, a bit of a shame that it's not a self-contained application, that it sort of requires all these other things to go on your computer, which are probably a little bit overkill. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly when we talk about voice companions, we're going to be talking about voice companions in uh, one of the other two episodes that we're going to be doing on uh, third-party tools and peripherals. Uh, ben, you got anything else to add on this one? I was just going to say one potential benefit with ED Toolbox running as a web server on your local machine is if, say, you had a tablet to hand, you could have your toolbox and you could be displaying your toolbox on your tablet 
acting as a second monitor, maybe. You know, just a potential benefit. Yeah, it just there are a certain amount of kind of, uh, I suppose, just security things people maybe need to be aware of if they're opening up that kind of thing on their computer. I mean, most people are behind kind of internet service provider provided routers and stuff, which do yeah. provide a certain amount of protection. But I th- I, yeah, it it's not something I was 100% comfortable with um, just for the sake of what, what it does. But it, it does look, you know, kudos to the guy that's developed it. It looks really good. And he might have been developing it for himself, basically. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Um, and it's, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the benefit of it running locally on your computer is that it does similar things to something like ED board, but it kind of does it in real time next to you um, rather than you having to kind of do it as a separate task. But yeah, I, I guess it's up to people whether they want to go to that level of detail. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what I will say at this juncture is, um, you know, as we've been going through this and we have been trying to fly through these at a rate of knots because there are just so many to cover. Um, if you have got personal experience about using these websites and you think that there is a killer feature on these that we haven't maybe covered, then drop us a line on our Facebook page or drop us an email at info at and we'll try and do a, a quick pickup session. Um, before the next uh, podcast starts, um, there, just, there are loads actually. There, are, there is. I did find a, f- a thread on the forums the other day with a list to a whole bunch of other third-party websites, and there are just loads. I mean, we're, we're sort of we're sort of covering the major ones here that lots of people use and have a huge amount of functionality. Uh, but there, there is a whole raft of different community-run websites out there for Elite Dangerous. Okay, well, let's just uh, cover off the last one that I certainly got on my list, which is the uh, the website for finding alien sites, and that is the uh, ruins.canon.technology website. Um, more and more important as the bugs start to be rearing their ugly heads in the galaxy? You mean bugs as in alien bugs rather than bugs as in technical bugs? As in Thargoids. Let's just call them what they are. Let's just say Thargoids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a really nice theory the other day, because you know whenever people have mentioned Thargoids, people like you know, David Braben and Michael Brooks have said there's no such thing as Thargoids. <laughs> I, had this, I, I had this brilliant idea that the reason they say there's no Thargoids is that maybe like Thargoids is a pejorative term, like it's not okay to call them that. Like it's like it's really offensive, and actually they they have like these aliens have a proper name, and we've been calling them thargoids in the same way that we might call them like green faces or you know. Isn't that actually true? Because you know, in the Dark Wheel, there were those two branches of thargoids. Actually, yeah. If you, if you listen, if you read the Out of Darkness uh, book by um, T. James. He goes into details with that, about the fact that there are two Thargoid factions. Mm. Interesting. Mm. So you think that we're basically uh, David Brave and Michael Brooks are just worried about the political correctness of us calling the aliens Thargoids? That's what I think. That's your theory. (laughs) Maybe only a a Thargoid can call another Thargoid a Thargoid. Yeah, that's That's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like we're, we're waning a bit at the end here. Um, we've got we've got a bit of time. Um, well, Ben found another one, didn't you? Yeah, you I've got one. You know, I know you're doing your engineering stuff, Fozzer, and yes, I know how much press. I know how much you love that. And I do. 
Yeah, I, I've been trying a wee, wee spot of engineering myself, and I found a really handy tool called ED Engineer, which is using your log file, along with everything else, it seems, and it'll make an initial best guess of your materials and your data, and then you have to go off and just verify your data, and then once you've got all the accurate information in there, you can go off and say, right, I want to go and build a widget to improve my laser cannons. And it'll go off and tell you what stuff you need for your widget to get make it super-duper lightweight or whatever you want it to be. And will um, it tell me where to get that stuff from? It does, I think, link into it. And if it doesn't, then, I mean, I know I, I'll link... I just went off and linked into Inara. I just typed in, you know... I don't know, light, lightweight onium or something, say. Yeah, and it tells um, you which where just, they drop and from. And I did that, yeah. Uh, so it does give it does definitely give me my shopping list. I don't think it tells me well what they are and where I can find them, though. Unfortunately, which would be nice if it did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, that was something that Inara did. Uh, was an absolute god save uh, for me. Yeah. Uh, in terms of you know what exactly I need to be going, is it a yeah, is it a distress signal that I need to go? Is it something I get from a planet? Is it something that drops from a certain type of explorer ship? Or you know, where you're supposed to get the little bits Hide and pieces? Right. Indeed, yeah. and it, it can be a right nightmare sometimes, some of it as well, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. It is, uh, it is a grind of the epic proportions, but uh, I've now got my passenger conda uh, with a massive frameship drive in it, so uh, I'm going to leave the engineers um, <laughs> and uh, concentrate on ferrying passengers for the next... A uh, few weeks, I think. Um, okay. Here's, here's a controversial thought. Imagine there was a commodity that could only be harvested from killing a player ship. <laughs> what, salty tears? Yeah. Salty tears. <laughs> so then, so there, there's the next community call then. You've got to connect salty tears to be delivered to the Siberian salt mines. And the only way to get it is from other players. Ah, but you see, right. does that work if you are killing a friend? So, okay, so I obviously couldn't kill a real player because I'm crap, but, you know, I could get Grant to, you know, <laughs> offer himself up as a sacrifice outside a station. Free sideways. Yeah. Is yeah. that going to result in salty tears or is that going to result in some other sort of commodity, like non-salty tears, and they're obviously, you know, rubbish or you're cheating? I, think, technically, <laughs> I don't think they'll be able to do that. <laughs> so there, there, there you go, Frontier. You can have that idea. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. That would be so awful. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, uh, just a quick sort of uh, 10, 15 minutes on um, on the necessity of these, these websites in, uh, in playing Elite Dangerous. Uh, are they ultimately um, sort of an example of, you know, a Frontier needing to do better signposting and making the game a little bit more accessible um, for, the, for the average Joe Elite Dangerous player? I definitely think something like EDDB has proved its essentialness just mm. in terms of you know, finding the information that you need to trade or complete missions successfully. I think... I mean, someone did point out in Twitch chat that actually since adding the filters to the galaxy map it has made finding commodities in game a bit easier but i think the information there about even where you need to look for some of these commodities it still isn't necessarily you know all that well defined in the game 
Yeah, well, and I mean, as far as the equipment and, you know, the engineer's stuff is concerned, I, I think the SDR are essential. However, I before all this stuff came on, you know, with it, with all the commodities, I had no problem using the in-game tools to uh, to make a lot of money. And, and to, to me, the actual uh, the, the commodities database ones and the ones that show off the trade routes, I, I don't think they're, well... I think they, they take something away from the game. Because yeah, to me, some of the, some of the fun was finding out those trade routes. I mean, being just a masochist. They take away boredom, frustration. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was just going to chime in there because it's something that Alan, um, our wonderful Alan Stroud, says on on many occasions about yeah these third party apps and websites and the fact that he he won't use them because he wants the yeah, original sort of harping back to the original elite where it was literally just you know you with a piece of paper and a pen and you did your trade routes and you jumped from planet to planet and you made a note of what was a good trade route and what wasn't and by having this information so easily accessible are we not losing some of that that gameplay and is that a bad thing well personally I would say for the for the trading side of things yes but then again, uh, I don't think people these days have, have the patience. And I only re- and I got the, the the buzz actually once I started to work out how the the trade routes worked. So you think there's enough I mean, information now with the, the filters in game that you can get yourself a, a decent return just by putting in which planet sells that particular type of commodity, or if which planet's an industrial planet and therefore is more likely to 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 get you the goods you want to get. Well, I've always been able to do that, and it, because of, because those that kind of model has been standard right from the the eighty four game. Um, where the things that the websites are essential is, I think that they've lost a trick for looking up um, equipment and for the engineers. That that's where I find these websites absolutely essential. I just wanted to point out to this just to this point where you're thinking, Colin is just a bit strange. He likes to read game manuals. <laughs> like I like to read game manuals. No, you like to sniff game manuals. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Notorious game manual sniffer. So I'm, I'm having a breakup in my headsets, and, and all I can hear is game manuals, that you just like sniffing game manuals, and that just comes off completely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Um, gay, gay, gay Manuels. Gay, gay Manuels. Manuels. All about the Spanish waiters. Sniffing the Sorry. Gay Manuels. That's coming off all wrong. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, okay, where were we? Apart from being horribly Pungent off track. City, I, I do believe. <laughs> no, I think it's true. I think it does take something like there. There is an element of stuff taking away from the game if it feels like you're using essentially like a walkthrough or a guide. Like particularly like with like finding brilliant trade routes, I kind of get that you want to build up your own trading ability on your own and not just have it all explained to you. But I do think that with something like that, that you you need signposting in like the thing about finding a particular commodity the information should be in the game somewhere there should be an npc that you should go talk yeah. to 
or, or, or a contact on the board that you can have a dialogue with or bribe for the information or there, there just should be some means in the game of investigating other than there just going place to place because I, I take, well, I take Alan's point about you discover it for yourself but Frontier are always going on about how massive the universe of Elite Dangerous is so they've achieved a level of scale in the game that it is no longer practical to go and find all this stuff for yourself I personally think well, there is. There's actually, if you go onto the galaxy map and you see other other systems, you can you can actually buy the trade data and see only what for a got certain there. distance, though. That only works within a certain light range distance. Uh, and you have to know where you're looking as well. I mean, you'd have to buy the trade data for everywhere. Yeah. In order to find out what's there. And I have to admit, Colin, just, that does not sound like fun. It's not a fun way of me playing Elite <laughs> Dangerous for an evening. <laughs> and going around and buying lists of planets. Yeah, that's 15 minutes of my life I want to keep hold of. <laughs> but you were on about the pure experience that, that you used to have. Yeah, I didn't say I agreed with it. I just said... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's definitely an element, uh, because the game is growing at such a scale, it's one of these balancing acts that Frontier are going to you know they're going to have to try and manage about the, as the galaxy grows and the content grows you know as a new player jumping in is there enough signposting within this game that they don't need to go to the forums they don't need to go to the tutorials on youtube and they don't need to go to you know uh, go to uh, these third party apps and websites that, sh that if they want to just pick up the game and play it the information is sufficient in game that they should be able to do it and i'm not sure they're quite there yet mm, well i'll ag i'll agree that well, it's it's one of these things that uh, Elite is always difficult with is understanding how the mechanics work, especially with the trading. I mean, personally, once you've got the hang of the trading tools and you can actually see the trade routes on the galaxy map, I think it is it, it's absolutely fine. You can only make a good guesstimate of what products will make the best money for you. But you know, if, if everyone's just given the answers right there and then. Uh, <laughs> What was the point of putting those tools in the first place? I mean, to play devil's advocate for a moment, uh, there, there is also the element that the genie is kind of out of the bottle with it, isn't mm. it? I mean, oh, yeah. once, you've, once you've established that you live in a gaming environment where the internet exists and people are going to search forums and ask each other for shortcut information in a game, surely then maybe what Frontier have decided to do is just to leverage the things that are already already there. I mean, you know, the, 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 it's, it's, it's all very well to kind of say, well, all this game information should be in-game, but the fact is the internet is there and people can log it all separately and maybe reproducing all that content in-game is actually a waste of printing valuable resources. So we don't need to develop it because the internet will do it for us? I think there's an element... Well, I just think there's an element to say, oh, well, you know, when you're developing a game, like, have we put enough signposting in? But realistically, the internet is there for people who get really stuck. And we're all playing the game and we're all doing stuff without that signposting being in place. Yeah, uh, because we've got the internet. And this is a roundabout uh, argument, I'm sure. Uh, but it just makes me cringe about the thought of not developing, you know, good signposting and stuff in your game because you know that the internet will pick up the slack 
I'm sure that's not what I they're guess, doing, but... No, no, they didn't develop it with that in mind, did they? I mean, a lot of people... I mean, Michael Brooks was dead against these these kind of mm. um, trade databases right to begin with. Uh, he, he sort of... He felt that it went against the spirit of the game. But, you know, people... Um, well, if I remember rightly, thuds, everyone had was manually putting in data. Now they've put using the API and, and the player's log. Um, it's... And it now feels that because that information is now there and available, then it might as well be used. Yeah, Ben, I'm going to bring you on this one. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to say that let Frontier concentrate on building the blooming game. They don't need to worry about all these apps and things like that because Frontier can publish the data like we've got and it's... You know, they, they publish the raw JSON, I think it is, and that's fine, but you know, it's out there, they don't need to worry about it, and then they know that the community can actually do a better job, frankly, than Frontier can, <laughs> of making that data available to people in a usable manner. And the community has done an awesome job at that, and you know, that takes us nicely and circularly back to what we were talking about two hours ago. With you know the, the the power of the strike, yeah, and and no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> and no. From if you, I'm thinking of of a couple of things. So engineers, uh, I got off to a, a wobbly start on it because it, for me it wasn't particularly clear in game what the heck I should be doing. Power play, likewise, it wasn't completely clear in game as to what I was supposed to be doing, and so I just didn't pick up didn't pick them up and played them. Um, had there been better signposting, if there'd been more of a sort of a walking you through by the hand, uh, maybe I would have spent more time doing these things. And certainly power play, we know, you know, it's something they're going to come back to, but it hasn't been sort of that well picked up on. You know, is that a fault of the, the poor signposting and the internet not picking it up um, and therefore it not being developed to its full potential? I'd say no, I think I'd just boring, but that's probably just me. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who loves power play. And there are people out there that love power play, and I, I do think that you know there, there's a lot there that um, you know can be uh, can be polished up. Um, but just at the moment, it's it's very confusing, and you know I'm not entirely sure how you go about it. And again, I'm sure there is a wonderful guide out there on the internet, but picking it up and trying to jump on it through the game um, at the moment, I don't think is where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Anybody else got anything to add on those before we jump to Community Corner and start looking at wrapping up this episode? Has anybody picked up anything yeah. on Twitch that has come through whilst we've been on air saying how you absolute numbskulls, you haven't mentioned XXX site? Not an XXX site, that's complete. That's a different show completely. Um, <laughs> Are we talking about Elite Meet again? <laughs> Um, there, there was a there was a website that was listed that was interesting, which was a, a website which was a list to all the web pages and APIs, and I've lost it. <laughs> uh, it was the edcodex.info. So the 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 website edcodex.info is described itself as a complete list of third party tools for elite dangerous community driven. So there you go. Cool. Okay. Well, if there's nothing else, let's um. Let's jump on to Community Corner then. And the first one, we've got a few shout-outs going out this week. Uh, the first one is a commander. Is it Platter or Plater? I'd assume Plater. 
Okay, so Commander Plater, he is basically running a 24-hour stream uh, on the June the 3rd, starting at 12 p.m., and it's running for 24 hours. It's called Combat for Cancer, and obviously all proceeds will be going to the British Thyroid Foundation. He says he'll be joined by various different YouTubers and streamers with the likes of Obsidian Ant, Vindicator Jones, Ghost Giraffe, Josh Hawkins... Uh, Mini Shabuka, most of these people I can't pronounce. Uh, Down to Earth Astronomy Paroxysm, uh, DJ Toothsayer, all confirmed to be on the stream with him, and obviously Ed Lewis from Frontier will also be putting in an appearance at some point, um, and he'll be giving away some uh, some viewers, uh, give, giving away some viewers, <laughs> uh, doing some giveaways for viewers. Uh, check out his Just Giving page, which is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Commander Plater. That's C M D R P L A T E R. And help him out and help him raise lots and lots of cash. Um, Chris is finally streaming Holy Potatoes. We're in space. What do you mean you're finally streaming <laughs> Holy Potatoes? We're in space. So last week I had a bit of a poll online for whether people wanted me to do, because uh, I do a bit of a, just an informal stream uh, on a Wednesday night, just some people getting together and playing games and having fun. Uh, and I had a bit of a poll last week to see what people, really kind of what game people wanted to see and, and, and hear about, because I'm kind of trying to pick some games which are not completely obscure, but are obviously by indie studios uh, and maybe a bit less mainstream. Um, and last week, it was sort of a tied vote between the Warlock of Firetop Mountain and a game that I've got called Holy Potatoes, We're in Space. Uh, so I thought, really, to be fair to it, I did Warlock last week. And this week, we're going to be looking at the potatoes, space potatoes. And I have to say, I've had a very quick look at it, and it looks really funny. Uh, yeah, it just it looks like a really interesting, fun game, good sense of humour. Uh, should be should be quite a laugh. So yeah, tomorrow night, 9pm UK time. Uh, that'll be on my own account, which is twitch.tv forward slash hold my kidney. Although Lave Radio will probably auto host it, I imagine, <laughs> if that's all still working. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, a couple of uh, crowdfundings, which I'm not allowed to do because I'm absolutely spent up this month. But, oh, several, um, yeah. For those people that have still got some cash in their pockets... <laughs> yes yes shall i take you through these actually because i think i put them all in so uh, phoenix point is now funded this is the new game from julian gollop uh who we've talked about loads on this show that he's the original developer of ufo enemy unknown or XCOM as it was known in the states and as it's now known with the reboot uh he did chaos reborn which we talked about he did laser squad so phoenix point is julian gollop's new game which is going back to his XCOM roots this is a turn-based squad shooter game uh, described by one particular website. They've got it up on their crowdfunder as being XCOM meets Fallout. So it's a tactical shooter, very much like XCOM, but with a kind of post-apocalyptic-y, Lovecraft-y type vibe. There's lots of crazy John Carpenter-looking multi-limbed monsters. It's very cool. It's very awesome that it's funded, but it's still got about... It's still got like four weeks to go on the crowdfund, so do get involved, get some of those awesome backer-only rewards, and hopefully hit some of the cool stretch goals, which at the moment they're talking about vehicles that you can climb into and drive around on the maps, and also the ability to actually move your mobile player base around. And Julian has confirmed that one of the things people missed from the original UFO is the, the idea that aliens can attack your base and that you actually do a mission from within your base that you've built 
and they're, they're going to be bringing that into Phoenix Point. So uh, if you, it's on a crowdfunds website called Fig. This isn't Kickstarter. It's on one called Fig, which is really interesting because you can back the game and you can also buy shares in the game as well which I think is a really interesting concept. So if you want to look at that crowdfund, uh, I've created a tiny URL for it, tinyurl.com forward slash figpoint. Uh, we've also got over on Kickstarter a thing called X01, which should be of interest to Elite Dangerous players. Uh, it's basically a, a space flying game around a series of planets that have, if you go and look at some of the videos, it is basically atmospheric planets. And they look incredible. They look absolutely incredible, flying through uh, flying through clouds, flying into storms. And basically, you control what looks like a little blob, which, when you're on the ground, rolls along as a ball. But then you build up momentum, flick yourself into the air, and morph into a disc. And then you're a, a UFO, and you're flying. Just looks really interesting. It's called X01. Uh, I've written here, think of Spin Dizzy with a morphing spaceship. It basically uses gravity and momentum. It just looks really interesting. Uh, that's on Kickstarter as well, uh, tinyurl.com forward slash XO-1. Uh, and last but not least, there is a Kickstarter for a game called Galaxy Crash, which is uh, a fairly modest Kickstarter. It's, a, it's, a, it's an indie game. It's being developed by one of the elite community, Commander Bubble. Uh, he's making his own game. It's a top-down space rpg where you fly around uh, in a little ship and you also get out and walk around space stations and planets and stuff um and but i say it's a fairly modest kickstarter he's basically developing the game anyway what he wants is to raise some money to hire a graphics artist to produce the graphics for the game uh, so that's tinyurl.com forward slash bubble crash uh, and moving on, uh, LaveCon <laughs> 2017 is coming up. Uh, I just want to say that our sponsors for LaveCon 2017 are the EDRPG and ED Tracker. EDRPG is the fantastic new tabletop role-playing game developed by Spider-Mind Games, uh, successfully kickstarted by you, the community. This is a, I suppose, a D&D style tabletop role-playing game where you can play in the Elite Dangerous universe with pen and paper you can explore all the things that you can't do in the video game like you can get out of your ship you can have conversations with other players on your ship you can have hand-to-hand gunfights uh they are one of the sponsors for lavecon and may or may not be playable at lavecon i'm not sure but it looks like a fantastic role-playing game uh, and if that's your sort of thing then do go and look at that and we are also sponsored by the ed tracker or the ed tracker which is a very simple and lightweight head tracking tool. It's a little box which connects to your headset, or in my case, a very attractive Alice band. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it currently connects via USB, and it is a really accurate and smooth head tracking tool which you can map to the head look function in Elite Dangerous. And it basically allows you to look around your cockpit and kind of follow enemies while you're flying or look around stellar objects as you're trying to get a good angle to fly around them. Uh, so do check out those two sponsors. They are fantastic. Great stuff. Okay, and uh, obviously just to let you know, we have got an episode of Galnet News following on from the show tonight. Uh, but that's it for another episode of Lay Radio. If you like the show, then please head over to iTunes and drop us a review. That would be very nice. That just gets us uh, up in the ranks in the iTunes and allows newbies to find out uh, where we are. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can. You can email us at info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash laveradio. We're at laveradio on Twitter. And you can join our Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash lavechat. 
Our TeamSpeak server is teamspeak.laveradio.com. And of course, we record this show live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and stream it out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Thanks for those people that have been watching in Twitch. Uh, and thank you very much to Grant, to Chris, to Ben, and to Colin for this evening. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. News Digest, 2nd of May 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Salumi dies again, or does she? Tiorg tells a terrifying tale. Finding the missing. And losing them again. Salumi dies again. Or does she? Ex-senator, ex-lady, ex-prisoner, ex-corpse. Kahina Loren, also known as Commander Salome, has been a lot of things in her time. This week, the 33-year-old Loren has once again become a corpse, possibly for the last time. After her badly damaged ship, with no working weapons and a malfunctioning frameshift drive, was interdicted and destroyed by a bounty hunter. Loren had been racing back from the Call 70 sector to Tianisla with an Imperial bounty on her head. Her three companions, Alliance spy Sue Annabel Singh, Metadrive defector Ran Corson, and a nice chap called Yuri Nyakamura had all arrived safely at the orbital graveyard there and have since activated beacons in the Tiorg system to broadcast the information Loren had discovered. The fate of two other commanders, Luciano Prestigio Giovanni and Hassan Farouk Sharma, who are believed to have been flying with Loren, is not known. There was initially great confusion about whether Salumi had indeed been destroyed, with some declaring that the destroyed ship was a decoy. 
Others reasoned that Salome must have remlocked out and must be back in NHS 3447 in her free sidewinder. It was only when Salome herself made a statement confirming that she was indeed dead that the reality of the death became widely accepted. Ashling Duval, the people's princess and paragon of all that's good in the empire, is reported to be highly delighted. Tiorg tells a terrifying tale. The beacons activated by Salome's more successful companions in the old clone world system of Tiorg have finally revealed the truth behind the so-called Formidine Rift mystery, as told by Rebecca Weston. The claims made by the beacons are 1. The war between the Empire and the Federation is not real. 2. The factional infighting of Powerplay is not real. 3. An alien culture more advanced than our own has been spreading through the permit-locked systems towards our homeworlds for many decades. 4. An alien invasion of our homeworlds is expected soon, but has been kept secret. Previous encounters with the Thargoids have been erased from the history books. Anyone who found out too much has been eliminated. 5. A battle fleet is being built in preparation for this attack. 6. The wars and infighting are being used as cover stories to allow the battle fleet to be built without raising suspicion. 7. A backup plan has also been drawn up for the evacuation of the homeworlds. This is the Exodus, or the Dynasty, project. 8. The time may now be right for us to know about the impending invasion. It could be coming sooner than we think. We may not have very much time to prepare. 9. It is time to be afraid. 10. Very afraid. Finding the missing and losing them again. Five generation ships have been located now. All five have been found with no survivors. Everyone aboard the Lycaean died of a contagion picked up from an asteroid. Everyone on the Venusian died fighting off pirates. The crew and passengers on the Hyperion worshipped the boy Zachariah, who offered to show them the promised land, which turned out to be the vacuum of space. The crew of the Odysseus chose not to leave their ship when they arrived at their destination. They gradually died on board of an unspecified infection, and many were vented into space. The passengers on the Thetis went mad after listening to a message coming from an uninhabited planet, whispering, kill them all. 85,000 people set off on these five ships. Many generations passed on board the ships, but on each of the five ships, the entire population was eventually wiped out. The missing are all dead. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.